Richard Seymour, former Georgia defensive lineman, to join the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And when that announcement came out, I contacted Coach Donnan and said, Coach, you coached him at Georgia. We got to get you on to talk about Richard Seymour and what this means for him. So let's just start with that, Coach Donnan. Richard Seymour, Pro Football Hall of Famer. I know that you you feel like a proud daddy almost today, uh, just like you did when we heard about Champ Bailey in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, what was that, two months ago now? Yeah, any way you look at it, uh, you know, you want your players to have successful lives after football and whatever it might be. But And, and certainly signature awards are, are really big. But to be uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is just one of the biggest tributes you can ever have as a football player or as a man. And uh, now he joins another player we had, Champ Bailey, who – is in the pro and will be inducted in the college next year. Uh, it's just a great cap of the year with my, my other player, Kirby Smart, winning a national championship, uh, which I can't take credit for any of this. I'm just happy that these young men have been so successful uh, and are great fathers and uh, family men. It's just an awesome day to uh, celebrate. Yeah, Richard Seymour tweeted out a little earlier, he said, I humbly and graciously accept this opportunity to stand alongside some of the greatest legends and uh, of the game of football. Football has given me the opportunity to live out my dreams and my passion. For that, words will never fully convey my gratitude and appreciation. Um, you recruited him, Coach. You knew him when he was a, a teenager and trying to see where his life would go from there. Kind of take me back to those days of getting to know Richard Seymour before he became the college football legend and the pro football legend. Well, first of all, a very young player to be a senior in high school. I mean, he when he got to Georgia, he was still 17 years old. So uh, he, he was really a little behind as far as his age, but definitely ahead as far as his size and ability. And Chris Selfo had, uh, you know, that area uh, along with his Atlanta area. All of our coaches had – their first primary area, which was a part of Georgia. And then they had a different state that they would just kind of go over and go for the best players. And at that time, South Carolina and Clemson both were struggling, uh, you know, kind of like South Carolina is now, not like Clemson is now. And we, we had a chance to go in there and get Richard. And uh, we also got Kevin Breedlove out of Clemson, which, uh, you know, a year later, which was really huge. So, uh, uh, I think it's just uh, talking about his recruitment. Uh, Chris got in there and did a good job with the family. His dad really was uh, sold on us. Uh, it was between us and Clemson. Uh, Tommy West was the coach at Clemson at that time, and they did a good job on him, but they were having a little – they were struggling a little bit. And it looked like our team was getting ready to get going, and, and we did there in 97 his first year. So uh, he, he liked uh, – you know, my background in Oklahoma and uh, we had had Tony Casillas there, which, uh, w you know, was a, who was won the Outland Trophy, I think, and was, you know, in the College Football Hall of Fame and played at Atlanta. So I kind of used that as a kind of a entryway with him that we had, uh, you know, the way to develop him. And certainly we had some good D linemen here, Jason Ferguson, uh, Marlis Leroy, uh, Richard Seymour, you just keep on talking, uh, Marcus Stroud, just big old guys that could run and hit 
and uh, and one that was probably uh, should have been more uh, and had a great pro career was Josh Millard, who we've had on the show before. So a lot of good players there. But as far as his recruitment, it was uh, – I knew when we went in the home for the last visit that uh, things were good. I mean, his dad was just really uh, – couldn't be more sold on Georgia and Richard had his girlfriend with him and she was a real tiny lady. And it was just a big, you know, big difference there between the two. Uh, he, he didn't end up marrying her, but uh, it was kind of an interesting scenario how big he was. Uh, back then we didn't make a lot of visits as far as kids coming up to campus and all that, like they do now, you know, come to spring game, do camps and all that. We, we just had Richard for official visit and he had a good visit and really I never felt like there was any threat to losing him on the recruiting. I just felt like it was, he was coming here and kind of uh, the last thing was, which goes to show you that sometimes it, it hurts you. He went to a camp at South Carolina in the ninth grade and, you know, he was kind of gangly and just developing and everything. And uh, they didn't really follow up on him a whole lot because of that. And we just kept looking at him and he, he started growing into his, I mean, his, his body started developing into his, even though he was young, we knew everything was heading. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's just like when I talked to you last couple of years ago by Jalen Carter, Richard Seymour was a can't miss player that we were very fortunate to get here. When did you see that when he got on campus? Did, was there a practice or a particular play? Because for someone my age, I just remember you associate Seymour and Stroud together because the defensive line was so good at that point. But when did you see as a younger player that Richard Seymour had, had that in him? Well, you know, the first year we redshirted uh, Marcus Stroud uh, and he ended up being the same uh, class with Richard so that, that they were kind of bookends. But uh, just one-on-one -on -one at practice. I mean, right off the bat, he just came out there and had that, that ability to uh, deliver a blow, but also get off blocks and and just uh, show tremendous footwork for a guy that big. He had a big foot, too, like size 18. And uh, he, he could just uh, deliver a blow, get off the block, and rush the passer and uh, – and was very mature for a young guy. I mean, you, you just envision yourself 17 years old going to a major college team and uh, coming in there and practicing with everybody. And he got everybody's attention pretty quick, particularly the offensive linemen that were trying to block him. So, you know, he has the, the career at Georgia getting into his latter part of his tenure with you. You start to see, you know, the NFL draft boards are going to be, you know, high on this guy. What do you start to see from him as you see his future developing, transitioning from college into NFL draft mode? Well, you know, his last year he didn't really have a lot of big stats there, you know, as far as tackles for loss and sacks and things like that. But uh, I know when Coach Belichick came here and worked him out and and his work in the combine, you know, the guy's just overpowering physically and you really get a chance to see uh, the skill level that he has in the hand placement and everything. So there wasn't any doubt he was a first-round draft choice to me, but, uh, I mean, I'm not a pro coach, but 
I just felt like he, he was going to be a guy that could go in there and, uh, and do the job. And subsequently, you look at his, what he did. I mean, all his Pro Bowls he was in, uh, all pro, uh, and really just being a real force with that, uh, that team that won three Super Bowls. Uh, he and Patrick Pass, another guy that just came on and played really good in special teams and third down back for the Patriots. I mean, that's two dogs there. They got a lot of Super Bowl rings, and uh, Coach Belichick was uh, high on both of them. Well, and before Tom Brady became, you know, what he's been known since, the Patriots at the beginning of that dynasty, that was a defensive-led team. And Richard Seymour was right there in the center of it, uh, kind of fitting what Bill Belichick wanted. But they wanted the low-scoring games. They wanted you to run at Richard Seymour because they felt good about what he could do to stop you. You know, I like to watch old Teddy Bruschi on the NFL for on ESPN. He was a good linebacker for uh, – for the uh, Patriots and he knows football and, you know, he, he talks about quarterback of the defense and all, but over and over, he used to say, Hey, I used to hide behind Seymour and he would take on the blocks. And then I made a lot of tackles just because they couldn't get around him. And that's, you know, he was just a space eater eater. You know, he could take up space, but he could also uh, quickness wise, you know, line up in a three technique and slant inside or, you know, they were always such a big two-gap team. They could take care of one lineman. They could take care of, of uh, two gaps. And, uh, you know, they had the big defensive end out on the on the edge there that's on NFL Network now. And, and they just had a lot of good players that uh, played as a unit and everybody had a role. And uh, just so uh, it's just an outstanding achievement for him. And it takes a little while to get in that thing, but he, he's – now we got to get Heinz Ward in, and that'll be uh, that'll be kind of the, the the three musketeers, all three of those guys. Richard Seymour, a three-time Super Bowl champion, three-time first-team All-Pro, second, uh, two-time second-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler. He was on the All-Decade team for the NFL 2000s, Patriots 50th anniversary team, uh, on and on and on and on, first-round draft pick, as we mentioned. Uh, he also did play with the Oakland Raiders to end his career, but coach to be a defensive lineman in that league, as physical as it gets for over a decade, that in itself is an accomplishment to do it at the level that Richard Seymour did to be able to earn this Hall of Fame honors uh, that it's just an elite level that not many people have ever gotten. Yeah, when you look at how much they're going at your legs and all the pileups and everything for him to stay healthy and play that many games and, and, and be so dominant over that, that period, even when he went to the Raiders, he still was a force you know, they didn't use him every down like they did at the Patriots, but he was uh, and, and part of the reason we're doing this tribute is because guys like him come along very seldom. And uh, uh, Dog Nation, uh, our, our people, uh, really need to relish the fact that this guy is a damn good dog. I mean, he's, he's been very loyal uh, and represented Georgia as Georgia. He'll do that when he gets in his induction. I know he'll have a lot of good things to say about it. He, you know, he, he had a uh, – nephew or something that came over here and didn't work out but uh he's very supportive of kirby and and i'm just telling you to have a guy like that uh as a man you know uh, i mean he, he's very good at a lot of different things he actually plays uh poker in some of these poker tournaments so uh he's very very good at uh doing a lot of things but uh 
I've reached out to him today. I know he's got a lot of people calling him everything, but I had a you know, text and a call in, so uh, he'll get back to me. But one thing you can always say when you get a player that gets something like that, to, to me, the best thing he can ever say to me is coach. I was his coach. I mean, I wasn't the D-line coach. I wasn't the D coordinator, but I was a head coach. And we had a good relationship. He came in my office a lot of times and talked about things he felt like that uh, we should be doing uh, for the players or talking about some players that are having issues and he was having to put his foot down. He was a good guy behind the scenes. I mean, he would stand up for the program and he stood up for me and he stood up for me very good when, uh, when I got to let go too, which, uh, you know, he didn't have to do that. But the big thing for me is today is just a fantastic day for Richard Seymour and for Georgia football. Uh, it's just, uh, not like winning the national championship, but winning the this award for him is just a coup de gras to be able to be, say that you're among the best that ever played and have your bust there at uh, Canton, Ohio. One of my favorite pieces of it, and I said this to you last month talking about Champ Bailey as well, is that these are two guys that never really tried to thrust themselves in the spotlight. They didn't want all the attention, uh, but they get it anyway because of how they worked and how they carried themselves. And just two really true professionals in that sense. And I know you could go on with so many more guys that you coach, but these were two very special players, and they deserve right. to be where they've gotten. Right, very quiet, uh, unassuming type guys that – you know, not not as outgoing as maybe some other guys that, that we have here. But, uh, you know, just comes from good stock. He knew he was going to do what was right, and he never gave me any trouble, always right where he's supposed to be. And, and you know, going to school, whatever it might be, I mean, uh, consummate player off the field and on. And uh, I'm just so happy – to uh for him and his family and unfortunately his dad has passed away but uh you know he just was a a guy that had a lot of pride in his in his craft i mean he wanted to be a dominant player he just didn't want to be a guy that played part he wanted he had a real drive to to really be what he needed to be and uh the last thing I'm going to do is just tell us a little story, which I've told before, but in case we didn't, I mean, we got to tell us the Richard Seymour story. Back when we uh, played our first home game against South Carolina conference game, you know, our players would have practice cleats and then they have game cleats. And on Friday, you go down to the stadium and try out your game cleats and kind of move around and uh, uh, just have a little walkthrough. And I would talk to the team about special teams and everything. A lot like Kirby does now. But the, uh, so Richard goes there and he comes over to me. He said, Coach, he said, I don't have any game shoes here. Uh, these, these are my practice shoes. He said, Man, I'm going against my homeboys tomorrow and they, you know, I'm going to go out. I can't go out in these cleats. He said, uh, So I went over to Dave Allen. I said, What the heck's going on, Dave? I said, well, He said, Coach, we don't have any size 18s. He's the only pair he's got is the one he got for practice. I, and he said, I've ordered some, but they hadn't come in. I said, you get your ass on the phone and you get a pair of those shoes in here by tomorrow because I'm not going to have it. I said, there's got to be a pair of size 18 Nike shoes somewhere. 
So he started calling all these places. And of all the places, South Carolina, who was a Nike school, had, had a size 18. But they didn't have the red swoosh like ours. They had a kind of a cardinal, whatever color theirs are. You know, it's, I don't like that color. I like ours so much better. <laughs> but anyhow, they the, the equipment man said, we're leaving in about an hour, you know, uh, with the team. He said, the, the equipment people are already up there. He said, I'll just call back there and tell them to put it on the bus. And so they brought it up on the bus and then, our guy went over and got him, and then we painted our red over that whatever color it was. And then the next day we went out there. It's like a kid that had in the, had just gotten the best present under a Christmas tree. He came up to me, said, "Thank you, Coach. Said this really looks good." Said I'm gonna get after their ass today. <laughs> so it was it was awesome. It was a great little story, but it was it was it was some of the things that you you never plan on a lot of times. Uh, that size shoe that I mean you gotta you get the kids size and everything before they get here but he had ordered them and they just hadn't come in but uh what what a story there to get a pair of shoes from a school that we were playing against and use them against them so that was pretty cool hey Stephen Herndon is uh watching on YouTube and he says amazing competitor Richard Seymour is the only reason I had a shot at the NFL as he made me better every single day in practice Herndon former offensive lineman at Georgia I guarantee Stephen Herndon is a damn good dog and was a good player for me and an even better player in the pros because he kept developing now he's just an unbelievable father and, and husband uh just uh, another player there that just develop he and Alan Adam Meadows and Jonas Jennings and uh, you know Chris Terry. Uh, we talked about all those guys that ended up in the O line that played in the pros. And uh, Coach Selfo did a tremendous job with them. And then Coach Marone and Coach Watson did too. Uh, we had some really good O linemen that that's just uh, and they had to be. It's like we talk about on our podcast. Uh, our our D line makes our O-line better because you're going against them every day. We we don't do – we didn't do quite as much against each other as Kirby and them do now, but it, it's a – you know, you've you got to get better, and the best way to do it is block good players or rush against. And uh, Josh Millard, who comes up here and sees me, used to talk about uh, – you know, we had this little uh, place on the field where – after a series over, they could go over and sit uh, sometimes. And I didn't like them to sit much, but they could, you know, and get a drink or something. And he said that he and Seymour went over there one time and they were arguing back and forth. And Seymour acted like he was going to whip his butt. And he said, hey, you probably can't whip my butt, but it's not going to be worth it because you ain't going to be worth the shit the rest of practice. So, <laughs> uh, so they talked – Talked to each other out of it. Man, they were both linemen, but they were competing for a position. And uh, I thought that was a good story there. I mean, both of them were young freshmen, and they wanted to get out there on the field and do more. And they were trying to jump in line ahead of each other. And I think Josh jumped ahead of Seymour, and he didn't like it. So uh, it was a good deal. Could be Richard Seymour calling you back right now. <laughs> no, 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 it's coming at some point. Now, here's one thing I'll say to wrap this up is the amazing career for Richard Seymour. Same for Champ Bailey. Like you said, Heinz Ward deserves his place there. And I just see a, a list of former Georgia players that, that have a shot to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Some that deserve to be in the College Hall of Fame. Super Bowls this weekend. Matthew Stafford has, has as good of a shot as anybody. Yeah, I tell you what, Matthew – 
so proud of him, uh, Coach Bobo, Coach Rick, uh, you know, got him started here. I remember seeing him as a freshman, and I uh, kind of like I saw uh, some of these guys I won't point out, but uh, it just uh, got that it factor. I mean, uh, some balls come out of guys' hands, and you can just see it. Uh, Stafford, they come out of his hands, and you can hear it. I mean, he he had the RPMs, and he had – uh, just a special talent. You watch the way he releases all the different throws. So uh, uh, it's going to be a tough, really tough S- Super Bowl for me because I'm pulling for Stafford. But uh, Zach Taylor, uh, the coach of the Bengals, uh, I just saw a story that his mother sent out to all the people that are friends. And uh, he has a sister that has Down's disease that's 37 or, I mean, a little bit younger than him that, is bragging to him that uh, anything he does is not going to be like she's done in the uh, Special Olympics. She's won like 25 straight years in the swimming contest and everything. (laughs) She's telling him if they win, she's going to run out on the field and do a dance in the Super Bowl and all that. But just a great relationship to, to, to realize that families have so much to do with the success of, uh, of of people it's not just the coach but it's the the kind of feeling that you got the support that you have from your family and uh zach's family there uh, has been so good and i just saw today that his brother press who also was a good player and went to marshall is uh, just been named the offensive coordinator for the miami dolphins so uh, boy they got a really good family going there and their dad, Sherwood Taylor, was a good player for Oklahoma and uh, is now a very successful guy in the state. So happy for them. But I don't know. I, I, I got to pull Stafford and him. I don't know what to do here, but I'm looking forward to it. And I appreciate you having this little special show because uh, this guy deserves it. And I hope some people will listen to it or watch it and, and understand uh, how proud everybody should be of Richard Seymour. Well, you know, I texted you. I said, I got to get your take on Richard Seymour because this is such a big deal. My next thing is I'm, I'm going to have to come to your house. And I want you to make a list of the the Hall of Famers that you've coached, the Super Bowl champions that you've coached. I'm going to put you to work. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how long that would take, but I've, uh, I tell you what's really good, though. I mean, uh, particularly these last eight months is to to be have some time to share with some of these guys some of this stuff that, uh, that I wasn't able to when Mary was sick, but it really gave me a, a really kind of outlet. And uh, so many of them have come by and uh, talked to me and just, it's just great. I mean, uh, it, it makes it make you understand, Hey, uh, and you know, life is, is such a, a fleeting situation for everybody. And uh, I know you're going to post on the board here when we finish this up here, uh, but we've just, uh, received some tragic news for uh, uh, Corey Phillips, our uh, quarterback that did a tremendous job for me and is one of the most successful guys I've ever coached as far as his own career path, what he's done uh, in his industry. But he and his wife were uh, away from home on a little trip to ski and they were staying, the kids were staying with uh, their their uh, mother-in-law, his mother-in-law in Cartersville and House caught on fire this morning, and uh, two of the kids made it out, and the grandmother did, but one of them didn't. And just a 
tragic loss for Ken and his uh, 10-year-old son. And uh, all of us are reaching out to our friends. I know John England, one of my quarterbacks uh, who lives there, is, is doing all he can with Corey and, uh, and his family. Uh, it's just uh, all of us are so sad. Uh, I mean, so I've had the euphoria. Richard Seymour, and then just right before the show, hearing about Corey and, of course, Kirby is on top of it, and Terrence Edwards, just all the dog family. We just need to get behind Corey and his family right now. It's just uh, – you just – you just uh, I think uh, I, I put a thing on the uh, Facebook about a month ago, which I don't post much. I just put a picture of my son and my grandson and uh, just – Take your kids and love them up. It's a sad day for Georgia football and for Corey Phillips. One of the most special things about this area is just the the community and how it comes together to celebrate a Richard Seymour. But like you said, when when something so tragic and so awful happens to someone like Corey and his family, that they're, they're going to need a lot of people around them just to show them they care. And so that's uh, that's what we intend on doing. All right, Dane. Thank you. Thank you, Coach.